Welcome to Tech Transforms, sponsored by Dynatrace. I'm Carolyn Ford. Each week, Mark Snell and I talk with top influencers to explore how the U.S. government is harnessing the power of technology to solve complex challenges and improve our lives. Hi, thanks for joining us on Tech Transforms, So What? I'm Carolyn Ford with my co-host Tracy Bannon with MITRE. Hey, Trace. Hola. It's good to see you. It's great to see you. I hope you had great holidays. I did. Did you? I did. Very relaxing. Ready for the next round. No kidding, right? I always mm-hmm. like re-entry is so hard after a long holiday. So it's good. We've got another one coming right up. Um, so I'm already amped because as you know, t- today's guest is somebody that I've wanted to talk to for over a year now. We have... I'm so excited. We've got Nicholas Shalon, and he is the first former chief software officer for the Air Force and Space Force. Um, And um, we're going to get his insights on government progress over the past year. So welcome to Tech Transforms. How are you, Nick? Very good. So excited. Thanks for having me. Very exciting. Well, it's exciting for me. It's very exciting for me because, you know, just about just almost a, to the day, September-ish, a year ago, um, you were quoted in Air and Space Force magazine uh, stating that you realized pretty quickly we're very behind in cyber. And that was kind of a tag on that article was, um, I think it was right before after you left your position as CSO. Do you recall? It was right before, right before. I remember that uh, got me a little bit in trouble in the building, that, that article. So Wait a minute. Do you mean speaking truth, um, but not in a damning way? <laughs> you don't go outside of the family. That's not allowed, okay? It's only in the family. Okay, well, then I have a question. Was it that article that kind of sparked your, I call it your manifesto, which I loved that you put on LinkedIn, where you just spoke your truth. Was it... Was it the blowback from the article that kind of inspired you to speak your truth? No, you know, I, I think it started before that. <laughs> honestly, it was maybe the cherry on top. You know, uh, I think the new leadership with the new administration, honestly, uh, unfortunately, what you've seen is, uh, and I'm, I don't want to get political, but but the fact is they, they pick people really based on, uh, I guess I'll say gender or checking boxes, however you want to call it. And uh, honestly, I don't care about gender. I don't care who you love and uh, what race you are and, and whatever you want to do with your life. But I do care about competence. And, uh, you know, when you start hearing people asking what is a, a cross domain and, and basic things like that in DOD at the top level of the very, very top level of the department, um, that's concerning. And particularly when you start hearing for the first time the wrong things, you know, what I right. what I heard for three years <clears throat> in the building was always the right, you know, right things to do. Except there was no action, but at least the, the the words were making sense, right? And that's always great to hear it. I would rather see it in action, but but at least you know hearing it is is great. But then I start to hear the wrong things and anti-agile mentality and and really uh, people that just didn't know any better. I don't think they're malicious; they're just incompetent. Uh, and by the way, I'm not talking about Secretary Kendall is a great great person. I think he's doing a great job in the department. But I can tell you at the lesser rank. Um, under him, it's uh, it's a pretty big issue where you mm-hmm. see uh, people not able to really uh, get things done, and and honestly, the the momentum already had died a little bit, you know, when Dr. Roper left uh, at the end of the administration, and then you know I, I was pedaling in in the wind, and uh, I was pretty good at at still moving forward, mm-hmm. but at some mm-hmm. point it's exhausting to keep uh, uh, pressing the same buttons and raising the same. Uh, uh, alarms and um, you know I, I felt like I would do a better job if I was able to actually uh, really fully disclosed you know how bad the situation was and you know we were running out of time and and you know when I saw my kids you know when I say I had no kids and then I have three kids under uh, four years old and and I was like you know we we can't you know we're not giving them any chance of uh, winning twenty years from now against China and uh, right. I felt it was the right timing you know I think three years uh, was kind of what I had. Uh, 
negotiated with my wife anyway, uh, although we had negotiated for a year and then I extend another year and, and then the third year, but that's okay. That's, but, a, that's uh, a pretty sweet negotiation if you're able to take it from one to three years. I'm just putting it right? out there, Nick. Right? I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. Apparently so. Although, you know, at some point, you keep doing it, right? And, and I also, you know, didn't get to see the kids growing, growing and Missing that is is a pretty big deal, and you know I had a two hour commute each way, so that's four hours on the in mm-hmm. the car every day to get to the Pentagon. And funny enough, I missed the building. It's kind of funny. Everybody complains about the building, but it's such a spe- special place, right? It is. Um, so anyway, it is. Well, you um, you know, other pieces of that. If I if I think back to the manifesto, and you and I met before the manifesto, you and I met oh, yeah. um, while you're while you're um, still CSO in the job. Still in the job. Um, (laughs) There is another piece of it that folks don't often talk about, and that was you being pulled away from the very thing that you love. In addition to family, in addition to your time um, at home, in addition to being in a part of your community, you're also being pulled back from technology. You are not being able to stay as close to it because of those Sisyphus moments. If you're pushing that boulder up the hill, Right. And then and on a daily basis, not getting that same time to invest. I remember you speaking very articulately about missing that. Um, do you feel like in the last year you've been able to reacquaint yourself, dive right back in where you left off? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I've um, if I'm ever articulate, but but I, uh, I appreciate the kind of words. But, uh, you know, in this case, when I when I saw kind of the velocity of IT and, and, you know, the time wasted on explaining the, the basics of life of IT, really, I wasn't even getting into the real uh, me, you know, my whole career, uh, you know, 20 plus years, 23 years, um, you know, after I founded my company, I was 15, I'm 38, I guess. So uh, I've been you you know, 15, one, five, I was 15. Yeah, one, 15. five, yeah, okay. one, five. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's been a long time, you know, 450 people, 12 countries, all the good stuff. And, um, and I think, uh, I was always, you know, at the top of the curve of, of technology, maybe sometimes too, too early too, you know, mm-hmm. you learn from that too. But, um, the issue with the department is, uh, quite honestly, you, you go back 20 years in time, you know, and, and then even when you're pushing the 10 year, uh, legacy stuff, you're still, still pretty, pretty hard. And, and so I went all the way to, uh, modern times. You know, we pushed, uh, some of the most innovative technologies, uh, to this day. And that was great. But, but I can tell you, I, you know, you, it's actually pretty healthy for people not to stay too long in the government. I would argue, you know, having a, a back and forth, you know, a couple of years outside, mm-hmm. go back to industry and come back. But by, by industry, I don't mean just the, the, the defense industrial base. You know, I think it's actually very important to go outside of it because um, you know, if you if you had to send most of the leadership of the Pentagon to even two weeks at SpaceX, I think their head would implode. So that's something to keep in mind. Well, you actually accomplished a lot while you were there, like progress with Platform One. You led the creation of an enterprise-wide DevSecOps. I mean, you did a lot. So, yeah. and you left with a lot of frustrations. So I want to <laughs> zero in. Do you feel like in the last year, progress has been made? And if so, where and what? Do you think it's gotten better? Yeah, I don't want to always be the debit honor, but I can tell you it's not only gotten much worse, but I agree it's, it's, it, we also lost a lot of the progress we've made. And that's, that's, you know, that's always tough because we worked so hard. So I mean, and it wasn't me, right? It was under factory lower ranks and listed and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, majors and captains and, and so on that really did the work. I, I was just here to, uh, you know, hold the, the candle, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I gave them top cover and uh, that's all they needed to get it done. Uh, I can tell you what I see now is actually very concerning. Not only we lost nine of the nine founders of platform one on the government side that led the government to go, uh, back or go to the commercial side. Uh, and we also lost a lot of the top leadership that was pushing all these innovations, you know, myself, Preston Dunlap, uh, Jason Weiss, uh, we lasted only a year in the job. So I'm, I did pretty good, right? With three years versus one year. I think that's, that's pretty cool. And so you see that, right, happening. And honestly, there's no replacement. My role is still yet to be filled. Funny enough, they were talking to a few people I had introduced uh, uh, the Air Force to. And, uh, um, you know, that that same person just got appointed to become the duty CSO, you know, Rob Wittmeyer. You know, then the, the Air Force leadership was uh, uh, so surprised that uh, that person didn't wait, you know, for... 14 months for the interview to be exactly. over for them to accept the job. And they were just about to, uh, to give him the job when he took the DOD CSO job allegedly. And 
you know, that, that shows you like the, the, the lack of basic human understanding of life. You know, this is just who waits, you know, 12 year, 12 months for a job with no, no discussion in between. It's not even like these, you know, ongoing uh, conversation. It's just, it's just nothing, uh, you know, silence. So it, it's just, you know, it's, sometimes it's just mind boggling. The, the building is even functioning. Well, one of the comments you made that got you in trouble, I think is that, well, I don't know if it got you in trouble. You said we're very behind in cyber. Do you feel like we've regressed in cyber too, have we made any? We didn't regress, but we ne- they never really did very well anyway. So I don't know how bad it could become. I mean, I you know, what I've seen both on the DoD side, but more importantly on the critical infrastructure side at my you know eighteen months at DHS, I can tell you the grid and the water systems. So the the cybersecurity is at the the kindergarten level. So you know, if, if tomorrow China decides to attack Taiwan, I wouldn't be surprised. The first thing they do is they take down forty percent of the U.S. grid. I'll be so busy trying to fix it that uh, we're not going to be able to help you know, anyone else. So it's just, it's just very concerning when you see kind of the lack of basic cyber hygiene, you know, they're connecting Windows 7 machines to team viewer on, uh, you know, to, to get remote access because we don't mm-hmm. have enough people to maintain the networks for the grid. And, and you know, we, we demonstrated through studies, right, at DHS that within 10 days, people start killing each other if there is no power, right? So it's a pretty big deal. You know, I think uh, everybody would ag- argue that uh, losing power for for more than a few hours is already a big problem. So, you know, it, it's just very concerning to see the lack of investment in, in critical infrastructure. Um, you know, people say the election, you know, I don't care about the election. Uh, I don't think there was any uh, issue on the on the cyber side with the election. But but then when you hear people uh, say that the, the, the cybersecurity of the election systems were the most secure ever, I mean, sure, anyone can make that statement, you know, most secure doesn't mean secure, it just means it was <laughs> better more than secure before. than it was before, but, which but I can uh, tell you when I when I assess those systems, <laughs> it's it's Windows 7 boxes not patched for four, five, six, seven years. If someone dared to even say the word secure alongside the uh, election systems, they have yet to understand the basics of cybersecurity. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that was, I don't think actually that was used, uh, you know, in any way in 2020. But but the fact is, it's not secure. <laughs> so we, we need to do something about it. And, you know, it's, it's very difficult, right? Because when you, you look at it, uh, each state and each uh, uh, company, when it comes to the grid, you, you're dealing with 200 plus companies, very difficult, right, to go and interact and train all these people and fund all these teams to uh, to do better. And, and what you realize pretty quickly, particularly with the grid, is a lack of resiliency, right? If if a piece of the puzzle goes down, and you've seen it again uh, two days ago in Maryland when a plane, a small plane crashed into a, a tower, mm-hmm. um, took down a hundred thousand people's uh, power. You would think there would be a, you know, it's just one tower. You know, it's not even an important piece of the puzzle here. It's not a a, a grid station or anything like that. So it, it's just very concerning right. that we have re- really zero resilience in the grid system when it's literally enabling everything we love and and uh do every day you know so i want to i want to pull back and tease into one of the comments that you made because there's there's a lot to unpack there um you know in my work with mitre i get to see a lot of the research that's being done a lot of you know around uh cyber um secure um supply chain. And there's quite a lot that's being done. There's a, a interesting to see what's being doubled down uh, when it comes to water, uh, when it comes to the grid. So I agree with you that call to arms is is kind of interesting. That it happens, there are warning signs, the next shalons of the world. Others raise their hand and say, you know, we really need to think about this. Hey, you know, your blood pressure is pretty high. You're overweight and you're not eating right. That could be a bad sign. And for whatever reason, we tend to wait until we're in the emergency room and the heart's palpitating to, to start to bring in that, that healthy behavior. But something you said early on is that um, you you feel like we've we've slid backwards. Do you really feel we've slid backwards or are we in the same place having made no forward progress? I want to just tease that out with you a little bit more. It, it, it depends for what I have to say, you know, the new leader at DHS, Jen Easterly, is just awesome. She's done a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been pushing a lot of top innovations and zero trust. You know, I, the, the director before that who was appointed by Trump. Um, you know, was completely incompetent, no offense, but he had no uh, knowledge of cybersecurity whatsoever. He actually prevented me to push zero trust at the time. Didn't stop him from getting the awards of the year for, from the federal government uh, for all the, you know, two million plus employees wow. uh, in 2021. Uh, yeah, 2020 or 2021. 
Um, and and literally is the person that single-handedly prevented the nations to become f- secure faster. And and that was his job. And he did the opposite of what he was supposed to do. But that tells you, right, what's going on in the government. So I think DHS is doing very well. New leadership, you know, pushing Zero Trust to help a little bit there uh, with the um, White House executive order. So I think that's a great progress, although it's paper. You know, we do a lot of with paperweight. I can probably, uh, you know, <laughs> fill my, my, uh, my new plane of weight. You know, we're very limited in a small plane with weight, and I could probably print all these paper and completely fill my plane. Not sure it really brings security, uh, you know, to the world, but uh, at least we, we're headed the right direction. At DOD, though, on the other side, I can tell you, um, I mean, the, the, I guess the best news we had uh, in a while is the appointment of Rob Meyer as the DOD CSO. He's a great guy. I love love the guy. He's going to get stuff done. You know, it's good because he's a career guy. So, um, you know, he's he's used to the building. It's right. bad, too, because, you know, he's not like me where he's going to make as many waves. And this is, might be fine, right? But you want like me, too, right? Because otherwise, you, the status quo has tendency to to go. In fact, you know, with me leaving and all these people leaving, what you've seen is, you know, the revert back, right, to what people know. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the career guys obviously will go back to what they've been used to doing for many years. And it's a very, you know uh sad uh you know story because you, you end up in a situation where all the progress and all the momentum i mean you you still see some of it right it's not completely gone but you know i would say at the very least 50 percent of the momentum has been completely gone out the window so let's say something else that i've observed is that there's the turning over of a generation. I know as much as people don't want to hear this, there's muscle memory. There's a lot of muscle memory. And the further oh, along yeah. you are yeah. in your career, the stronger that muscle memory. And yep. it's not that people are nefarious. It really isn't. Not that It's not yep. that they're truly complacent. It's that change is really hard. And as we're seeing a new generation of leaders, next shallons of the world, as we're seeing you know, a new group of leaders coming in, I think that we're seeing some of that friction um of old guard and and yeah. new and new mindset thinking and uh, it's it's i think that that's actually a part of what's going to help us uh are yes. are the the austin bryans right the, they're coming up through the ranks they and and he's taking his tour right right now in in <laughs> well Friday technically is right? uh, yeah i mean that's the issue right with austin is a perfect example right he's an awesome guy he should have been the next generation of generals but he had to leave the department Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a reservist, I think now, but yep. uh, it's not the same, right? I mean, it's, it's you know, he's doing it. It's not, not the same, same at all, right? And right. and we lost right. probably one of the most uh, important leader. And, you know, they refused to put him in charge of platform one. I had proposed it. Um, you know, it was a rank thing. It you know didn't check the boxes. Instead, you have to pick from a, a short short list of material leaders that went through a special special training. Uh, which is completely outdated training, by the way, of managing programs in a way that's completely around waterfall uh, capability. And you're very right, by the way, on the on the generation. You know, those are people that were raised with technology, right? It's pretty shocking when you go to the Pentagon to this day, right? That uh, you end up in a building where you're probably the least likely to know if there's an attack on U.S. soil before CNN gets you a notification on your phone because we don't have cell phones in the building. So I will say that the first time that I went into the Pentagon uh, and I had to lock two phones uh, and a laptop, <laughs> and I was I was so proud that I had managed to make sure that everything was minified, so I was c- carrying the least amount possible because <laughs> it's, it's a long walk. No watch. What and, was your watch? Oh, no, I had to take that off, too. I was so happy that I, uh-huh. I had managed. And so, no, it, it was the dis- electronic disrobing that you needed to do. Um, I can understand uh, the pros and the cons of it. Yeah. Um, they are there are smart things on the horizon. The question is, how quickly can we make those things happen You know, to a point you often make? I want to track back to something that you, you touched on in, just in one sentence. It's actually hard for us to get past policy and not just the humans and their mindset shift. We've got policies in place. We've got acquisition and contracting structures and people just don't know. There's a whole lot that they've actually changed that can be done. And it seems to be, seems to be, and unlike your opinion on this, is it really that we have to, to get more mentoring, more help for these folks so they can actually use the tools that are at hand? Yeah, there's definitely all the tools there. That's not a, a policy and governance issue any longer whatsoever. In fact, uh, even during the software study, you know, when I started the first year, we already demonstrated there was no blocker mm-hmm. other than people um, that didn't use the, the the capabilities given to them. 
Um, you know, the, the issue, I guess, is you have no reward, you know, for government employees to take risks. In fact, they're probably uh, more rewarded to not take risks. And so it's very different from a company where you have the opportunity to, uh, you know, get a, you know, a promotion and, and bonuses. Usually mm-hmm. the people promoted actually are the people that are the least uh, capable. And honestly, the, the higher in the rank, the most the more concerning it gets to. Uh, there are exceptions, of course, but you know the, the fact is the good ones end up leaving a frustration, and that's yeah. concerning, right? Uh, I can tell you, uh, I did a pretty good job going to all these different teams and uh, trying to find the, the the gold nuggets of people. Mm-hmm. At no matter the rank, I put in charge, you know, E sevens in charge of things that they would never even be allowed to even, um, you know, talk about, um, let alone uh, run as a, as a as a team. And, uh, you know, that, that's a pretty concerning thing that you see all of these guys leave I and, and not being replaced. You know, I think that's the biggest uh, part of the problem is uh, the good ones are leaving. And the, 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 the and by the way, I don't want to say bad ones because it's not about they're all good people. Right. They're just not competent. I mean, look, you know, we can pretend it's not a big deal. But the fact is that the, the, the nation's future and our kids future depend on these people and, and whether or not we. You know, we don't want to put blame on people. The, the fact is um, they're not competent in 2022 to do this kind of job, you know, and uh, we're not, you know, they're, they're fighting the, the wrong world. They don't understand the future of warfare. Uh, and they still don't understand how China is already at war with us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really leveraging technology the way it's never been done before. And, and you know, we still think of technology as a, as a nice to have piece of the puzzle when it's, Probably yeah. the foundation of the the, the next bottles. So it I is. want to I mean, go back to something that you guys have both touched on, and you've both said that policy is not necessarily the problem. Um, but I'm thinking about like software acquisition. Tracy, you and I have talked about this before, mm-hmm, like how mm-hmm. slow it can be. Like we've got the old like boots and buckles rules in place for software acquisition. So th- to me, that's like a policy that would be getting in the way. Is it? Or am I am I just uneducated? Are there ha, have things changed with software acquisition? Is it easier, faster? No, they, there's there are different pathways in software, mm-hmm. and there there are one that we actually released. Uh, I helped you know during my time in in the government with ANS, and and there is definitely a, a software pathway that's supposed to be more agile and, and removing the you know, software is never done, removing system and all the the good stuff, creating a special color of money. Mm-hmm. It's just not very well used. It's there. Uh, the other aspect is, you know, the real problem is Congress, right? Not only we should have term limits because it's just the right thing to do, uh, but more importantly, you know, the having to, to, I remember when I was living the building, I was working on 2029 funding cycle. It's just ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Who in the world can even predict, you know, five years ahead what we're going to need in IT? The way it should be done is, you know, broader buckets of money that get assigned, you know, maybe the year of execution to more precise uh, buckets and, and 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 more importantly, I was the first one to design a, a reporting mechanism to Congress where we built a, a dashboard on platform one to be able to show in real time the work being performed. I think Congress fear is the fact that they have to provide that oversight of the how the money is being spent and is it spent wisely and what kind of return on investment are we getting from the money? I can tell you the way the system is orchestrated right now is actually creating more. Uh, problem that it's solving because we're ending up wasting probably 60 cent on a dollar uh, on bureaucracy that just slow everything down um, and certainly not delivering outcomes to the wall fighter and the taxpayer. So, you know, some of the thing we've done and demonstrated is if you actually give real-time visibility to the work being done, Congress is very less, um, you know, at risk of of showing up to mm-hmm. criticize your work. And so then they are, they are able to give you a little bit more leeway to, to address the problem and be more flexible. But but the other issue is you had agile, want to be agile teams. And honestly, I'm not going to give names because I don't want to, you know, do that. But but they are pretty big, famous, um, you know, uh, teams that are just, uh, a, a ma- you know, they call themselves agile. And honestly, they have no real agile background, let alone do it at that kind of scale. They became so bloated and, and you know, uh, wasting so much taxpayer money that they, they wonder why now Congress is talking about oversight again for these teams well well the fact is you you know you're spending a billion of taxpayer money with very little to show for it and all you tell people is don't worry we agile you we're know agile. we don't have to show you any anything no 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 planning no reporting no 
No, nothing. It, the world doesn't work like this, right? Well, I've done agile my whole life, and it was mm-hmm. never like that. Uh, a very famous um, woman from Carnegie Mellon, her name is London Northrop, about 2015, and we're engaged listening to her give a presentation, and she looks at us and says, the worst thing that ever happened to software, and this is a woman who's software engineering, right? and this is the, that's her jam, uh, and she said the worst thing that ever happened was agile. And she didn't mean agile mindset. She didn't mean agility. What she meant was very specifically that people took those simple principles and bastardized the heck out of them. Um, It doesn't mean there's no planning. Of course you have to plan. It doesn't mean there's no architecture. It means that I decide the big things that can't be changed up front and everything else can be decided later. And it was that, it was that, that balance. And you, you see people in the name of agility, a name of being agile. I'm going to do agile. I, <laughs> Carolyn has heard me rant as have you, Nick, about people who want to, they're going to do agile and they're going to do DevOps. Like how about we focus on delivering software to whoever it is at the pace that they need it. And these are techniques that we're going to be using no posturing, no posturing, no labels, show it to exactly your point. What are the qualitative and quantitative measures? Show me the measures. Right. Show me the measures. Um, and not all of them have to be numeric. Um, some of them can be more binary nature. Um, but right. you're 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 spot on with that, Nick. You are spot on with that. I wanna I wanna ask a really kind of a baited question. I think I know where you're gonna go with this, but I don't. Recently, there have been a lot of layoffs in the in Silicon Valley, right? There's a lot of things going on with big tech. And at the same time, I'm seeing a big uptick in the DoD. Uh, in the public sector side, non-DOT and, and treasury and, and such, where they're raising their hands to say, if you want to have life, if you want to have, do something that's meaningful, might not have the same amount of money. But if you want to do something meaningful, come to the government. Open-ended question. What do you think of the concept? Do you think we can lure that kind of talent? Yeah, the VA has got a big push trying to get Yeah. Silicon Valley. Well, it's, it's tough, right? Because there's a couple of issues there. You know, there's two bubble. I call it the incompetence bubble. That's the Pentagon. And I call mm-hmm. it the Kumbaya bubble. That's the Silicon Valley, right? And mm-hmm. uh, they don't really meet very well. And quite honestly, a lot of these guys live in a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I used to give a lot of conferences, I remember the KubeCon where we announced we put Kubernetes on F-16 jets, probably mm-hmm. the largest, by the way, attendees in history of the conference. Um, I had a lot of people waiting for me, you know, to shake my hand and whatever at the end of the show. And, and probably... Six or seven of the two hundred plus people waiting uh, waited to shake my hand, and I, you know, I give them my hand, and then oh, I don't want to shake your hand. You're you're killing babies with jets, and you know, I don't. You have blood on your heads. You have blood blood on your hands, and um, you know, I've, and they they don't realize that the freedom they enjoy and and you know the the life they they have now is thanks to the the sacrifices of the war fighter. And I was surrounded by war fighter, and it just makes me pretty upset right um mm-hmm. i remember not re- I, it took a lot of uh, self control for someone like me not to go nuts on this um and it was kind of the first time i got to see that nonsense already uh, at that kind of scale it wasn't just one person mm-hmm. and then she she ended up saying also that she had to uh, go to the puppy room right to uh, calm down because of course conferences are so scary they have to go have puppy rooms but now they they kind of talked about it, and, and because that's not good enough, they also have a a, a kitty room, right? Because you don't want to discriminate. Uh, you know oh the world goodness, we live in nowadays. It's just you know this is just people are you know tr- participation trophies. We're raising kids in a way that's not going to be uh, the the success story of tomorrow. And I'm very concerned by this. Those those kids have no education. Mm-hmm. Remember one person you know telling me the queen of uh, the queen of England came from Egypt. I mean it's it's just. The, the, the amount of nonsense those kids are, are able to uh, to uh, talk about with. is oh my yeah, goodness, it, it's just it. and so I don't know how you get to bring and I'm not saying all of them are like that some are not but the fact is it's a scary majority uh, way more than we think and uh, so you first most of them wouldn't want to work for the government tell you not DOD by the way maybe Treasury and stuff like that uh, but I think they would probably not want to in fact you know many companies I tried to convince to come and help the Department mm-hmm. of Defense they would they would push back and say oh I want to do weapons so they were fine taking money right from DOD when it was about business systems mm-hmm. and I would remind them that you know the DOD is not here to do business stuff we're here to do weapons to protect the nation and have the deterrence aspect of it and we don't want to use them but we need to have them right and uh, china has them and we don't want to be the one without them and uh, they would they would push back and say oh we'll do business stuff so i'm like oh so you're okay with taking that money right so you only pick and choose the the, the kind of money you're 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 accepting right it's it's funny how you you know why don't you just walk away right well you have to you know 
right. the kind of programs you're going to be working. Just leave. I, I wouldn't even want to do business with these people, right? It's so, uh, it also, you know, it's just complete nonsense. I just can't even understand how you get to that conclusion. I didn't but, quite but have I guess the same experience as you, Nick, but I, I, I can say that in working on uh, analytic services and meeting with big companies, big um, Silicon Valley companies, there were a number who didn't want to be involved. Uh, yep. And we weren't talking about weapon systems on the front. We were right. actually talking about using analytics to figure out which uh, war fighters, and you didn't have to be a frontline soldier, looking for trends to help identify if somebody was at the risk of suicide or depression. And I <laughs> you thought, would think everybody would jump on that everybody, one. You would think that everybody would jump on that, but because it was um, DOD adjacent, it was adjacent, yep. uh, right? It, it for some reason it's scary. Uh, it, yeah, it's just it very the, scary. The, that that bubble, and that's why I don't believe that's the answer. Honestly, I don't mm -hmm. think it's going to really come to any kind of volume of of talent. I think first we need to fi fix our schools, mm -hmm. okay? Because that's where the problem is. Uh, we're, we're teaching kids to hate America. <laughs> so <laughs> if you think they're going to come and serve the the country for a country they hate. Uh, for the wrong reasons, with no understanding of what you know, uh, other countries. But that's not coming from on. home, Nick. That's really not coming from home. Don't you think that that's coming from a lot of really big outside influences right now? I look at social media personally. Yeah, social media. For sure. I am. I am somebody who partakes of social media, and yet I keep it at arm's length. Yeah, you and I uh, have some interesting opinions. I'd like to hear your thoughts, especially around TikTok. What can we do, right? If we're talking about helping to change mindsets in the United States. What role do our, our own U.S.-based media um, and social media companies have? And then talk a little bit about TikTok, because I got to tell you, the number of, of vids that I get sent to me as a text message on my personal <laughs> that I'm like, okay, yep. delete. I, you're not you're not getting anywhere near me. Talk yep. to me a little bit about that risk. Well, honestly, every the the the, the monopoly of, of companies nowadays, whether it's Apple and Google, Apple has no problem doing business in China and just actually uh, disabled the air, airdrop capability for more than 10 minutes uh, to prevent uh, Chinese protesters to share share files and, and pictures and, and communicate. So, so clearly you see American companies completely owned by the CCP. Uh, you know, social media companies were uh, effectively blocking uh, American people to talk about the origin of the COVID-19 virus, despite us in the government being convinced with very little doubt that it came from the lab. I mean, you know, uh, there's no proof of uh, otherwise. Um, and it, it's it's just very concerning to see the power of these companies. But then if you also look at TikTok, right, TikTok is effectively the dream come true for the CCP in terms of intelligence weapon, not only to capture data and, and, and really steal everything you know and love and your face prints and your fingerprints all the way to uh you know effectively everything uh, everything everything you like talk about uh uh who is engaged with you and and you know it, it's a great tool for social engineering for hackers so they know exactly what to talk to you about to get you excited right uh, so what such... do you say i think i know what you're going to say to this but what do you say to the people that say oh i've what do i care if they're monitoring me what do i care if they're collecting this data i have nothing to hide and you were yeah. kind of going toward this path of what we can do with the collective but... right yeah first it's not a one person i mean for sure if one person wants to do that it's one thing but the fact is the issue is a volume right and what mm -hmm. you end up doing with it first you know people work for companies companies can be targeted uh, so it's not just uh you know uh people being selfish here uh but it's also the amount of information they end up gathering look at the 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 payment system in in china right they pay with their face most of the time now mm -hmm. um we gave them our face, face prints so now you know they could do deep fakes they can they can do pretty much anything uh, what do you know what you're going to want to do in 20 years? What if you want to run for Congress in 20 years? Are you are you going to be okay with, uh, you know, someone being able to make your face and, and uh, you know, make a fake video of you saying that you uh, you love Hitler or whatever stupid, you know, nonsense like that? So so you never know first how that data is going to be used. That's number one. It's not about something to hide. It's about privacy and, and controlling your 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 personal and uh, identifiable information mm -hmm. and you know when you when you start touching fingerprints and, and face prints but more importantly uh you know your entire family right it, 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 and and by the way the fact that uh du yan you know the, the the chinese version of of tiktok is limiting the use of tiktok to 40 minutes uh, a day uh for kids under 14 and of course we have no limit here because by the way they call it in their chinese report 
uh, addiction as bad as, as fentanyl, which, by the way, is also sent to us by China. Uh, how funny is that, right? What a coincidence. Um you know, the fact that they are making us weaker and dumber and pushing dense videos when they are promoting educational and, and science projects mm-hmm. uh, to the same, you know, to their kids, they are not stupid. They know exactly what it's going to do to the other nations, uh, ge- next generations. And, and and by the way, talk about a weapon of misinformation when, when effectively uh, 40% of kids or adults under 24 years old uh, use TikTok as a search engine. Uh, as their search engine now wow well and this is it seems like a very effective tool for social engineering in mass Mm -hmm. oh yeah all social media is and this is in the hands of the enemy Um, right and the ccp has full copy of all the data that's the thing right look facebook i'm not a big fan of zuckerberg either right but uh uh, the fact is, uh, you know, at least it's it's in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not saying, by the way, we shouldn't do some reforms also on the U.S. side of things. Uh, and I'm pretty excited about what's happening with Twitter, by the way. But, uh, you know, I, th- I think what you end up seeing is uh, the more we try to control and limit, you know, speech. And, and we could keep saying it's not free speech and it's not the government controlling the speech. But the fact is... The 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 town square nowadays is not in the street, and you can go talk to to five people in my town here, uh, in Virginia. But but the fact is, if you really want to get to volumes, it's going to be on social media. And and the fact is, uh, the social media companies can sway an election. We we already knew back in 2016 that the Facebook alone can sway the election uh, up to five yeah. percent, which is a massive number. Yeah, massive. I want you to go back to what you just said about Twitter. Why are you excited? Unpack I'm just that excited that, that people get out of the way of trying to control people's thought and feelings. And everybody is just incapable, apparently, of making decisions. And uh, we, we don't have any kind of critical thinking. And, you know, if you don't like somebody, you block them. You know, it's not rocket science. You know, you don't want to hear about someone, just block me. Why do I care? Uh, you know, I have so many people on LinkedIn and other platforms tell me, oh, you know, you cross the line. I'm going to stop following you. I'm like, great. great. <laughs> like, why okay. do I care? Why are you telling me this? You know, you think, you know, this is not relevant to me. You know, I have I have thousands, Wait, hundreds. Of it thousands didn't hurt of your feelings. It's not it's not personally making you feel sad, and you're not mourning that if on a daily please, basis. Everybody, you know, like I told you, is if you if you, if you're not having some people upset about things, you're not doing anything right meaningful. So so my, the fact is, you know, you can't. You're winning, Nick. You're winning. Right. <laughs> But but not like a Charlie Sheen kind of winning. Just yeah. just right. A, yeah, you don't have to go. I mean, okay. you want to stay on the 60-70% of people that likes you. And look, you know, there's people liking things for different reasons, right? Mm-hmm. They the fact is there's also a lot of people that that reach out to me privately and say, Hey, you know, I can't say anything because my you know, I don't want to go in public, but I really appreciate what you're doing. And and that's great. You also have people that make money because of the inefficiency and you know incompetence of the US government. So a lot mm-hmm. of the primes and a lot of the companies around the defense industrial base are not particularly motivated for people like me to come and fix it because that would mean they would have to start doing actual real work of quality uh, instead of uh, milking the cow. So you know that's probably not their best interest. Mm. Can we go back to is, do they not, not like me or they just don't like you know efficiency and saving the taxpayer money? I don't know which one it is. <laughs> I want to go back to TikTok because you know me, Tracy. I like a bow on everything. I like it nice and wrapped up for me. I, yes, so, you do. No ambiguity think, for Carolyn. I think I heard you say that TikTok is a cyber threat. Can you address what you think? government agencies should do about it just within the agency? Well, I think the whole country should ban it, right? I mean, (laughs) honestly, no U.S. application like this would be allowed for more than 10 minutes in China. Uh, And in fact, they ban most of the U.S. companies. And if they let them in, it's only for a little while. And do we want to be China? That was scary. I I get it, right? I get it. But but there's a line line sometimes where you have to not be Mm -hmm. also completely stupid, right? Um, In this case, uh, you know, this is really designed to be um, not only a weapon of misinformation and potentially of, of you know, gathering of, of da- intelligence and data, but there's also the 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 the, the toxicity of 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 the application itself in terms of uh, uh, you know being addictive. The, mm-hmm. the scrolling up has been demonstrated, right? Um, short, short, you know, videos. You, you end up with kids with a very short uh, uh, 
uh, attention span, and they, they have a very tough time learning. And the impact for, for their growth and their um, future is is massive. Uh, so at the very least for parents, I would certainly say, hey, you know, if, if, if kids are 18 and, and above, they can make their own decisions. Although we know that kids still much later than that are still pretty stupid. Um, but but the fact is... As he you know, talks about this, still all those people getting laid off in the Silicon Valley, I just... just Tying that tying that together for you, Carolyn. Putting a putting oh, a bow on know, that. It's 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 honestly it's it's a uh, the education system is is so biased on on every side, right? It's too politicized. You know, uh, there's a lot going on right now. Um, you know, we we're you know anyway. Can it's I get just really personal scary. and ask what you do for your kids for school? Well, my kids are only four and two, but um, so it's easier. Although, you know, I can tell you we had a tough time finding either we, we had school that were pushing critical race theory, which is a real thing, by the way, including in Virginia. And it's not a myth like people like to pretend because I, I've seen it firsthand uh, talking to teachers. Um, and, and in fact, people got to see it because of COVID, because they could actually hear the the, the, the classes. Uh, it was always part of the, uh, more or less, but always a little bit part of the puzzle. Uh, and then you have the other side, the, the craziness here too, where you have, uh, you know, people anti-evolution and, you know, we didn't come from monkeys. And so it's just very scary stuff. <laughs> I'm like, can't we just have a middle ground, just normal common sense schooling? And we focus on science and, and you know, STEM and, and, and normal stuff. Um, and, and people don't know how to uh, to speak. They don't know how to read. You know, we, we have the basics of life not uh, taught anymore. Instead, we're spending time on social social studies that are, you know, very debatable in terms of their value to uh, to get a, a degree and, and then uh, get a job. And of course, then people want to, you know, their uh, uh, tuition to be paid back, right? Their loan, right? You wouldn't want to pay your own loan, right? So that's that's another thing, right? We, we're just so assisted, you know, that well, sounds, sounds like friends. I'm going to track it back. I'm going to track it back. I'm going to track it back. So you don't have to, you don't have to yet make a, make a decision two and four. You have that luxury right now. Your four-year-old's yes. preschool, but well, and but preschool's a preschool's a, a bit of a choice yeah. for, for some enough. families. All right, but, all right. But if I if I if I play it forward, so my father was a school superintendent. So I'm huh? I'm the child of educators, and my father would say, um, and I wanted to homeschool. Lost the battle with my husband. Long story. That's a, we'll do <laughs> I, a I tried my wife said no, so I tried my so. But that's where I was going to yeah. go with this. Is that my father would say that. You could you could enter somebody into public school right now, and you could have them there for only a, to compress everything into less than four years, and they would get the same amount of value in a condensed four years. So yeah. his his opinion changed after he retired, and as he got to see what was happening with the education system today. So my question to you, Nick, is: Do you are you thinking about private schools, private tutors, public schools? Um, homeschooling, where's your head at? If you don't mind sharing, that's really private. Yeah, no, I mean, look, uh, we looked at the public schools here, it's a disaster. First, they don't even have teachers. They literally ask parents sometimes to show up and be the teacher. I have never seen that before. Um, so here where I live, I live in the middle of nowhere. So of course, um, you know, that's going to be more common uh, here. But uh, the schools, the public school are non-starter here. I mean, you don't have a choice. So you, I guess you end up private. Um, I was pushing for, uh, uh, you know, uh, homeschooling. My wife was completing and I get it also in terms of like, you know, having, making sure the kids get mm -hmm. to see the world and see people and talk, you know, and talk to other, I mean, you could still do some of that, but it's just harder. Right. Um, and it's a lot of work for my wife too, by the way, with twins and, and, uh, you know, a four year old, uh, on top of that. And so I, I think, uh, you know, the, 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 the vision I had was to do like Elon Musk did actually where he created his own school. Uh, mm -hmm. It's actually something I'm still looking at. It, it's just tough because uh, not only it's it's super expensive, but but it's not just the money. It's it's a ton of work, you know. And uh, um, you know, it might be worth it because uh, you know what's more important uh, than the future of my kids' education. But uh, exactly. it's tough to do it alone, and I'm in the middle of nowhere. And honestly, no one would really have the kind of money to really participate in this. Uh, unlike you know him, where he did it in in California. Obviously, that was pretty easy to find the 18 other kids there um so you know it's it's interesting but it's it's a very big concern i you know like i said we had schools so catholic and stuff that they didn't believe in evolution all the way to uh critical race theory stuff um including, including at four years old which you know i was shocked like they were separating playgrounds you know there was a black playground and then a white playground wait I was now like, yeah 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 
okay. it's, it's real. It's, you know, people yeah. keep thinking, I actually went, you know, physically, right, to, to see the stuff because I don't believe uh, yesterday. And I can tell you what I've seen uh, looking at seven, seven schools was shocking. Only one was actually even acceptable. Uh, the rest were uh, very concerning uh, between either the, the people uh, and, and, you know, I always look at the stickers on the on the calls. You know, it's a good mm-hmm. insight uh, looking at the, the, the stickers. <laughs> so if we see call. all of the the mom and the dad and the dog, yeah. you know, like 14 <laughs> dogs and 17 kids, like you kind of look at that, look at all the, the bumper stickers and see where they're yeah, at. Exactly. Well, I like, I like the family, you know. If you when, decide when, you know, to do a school, let me know. I, w- I used to be an educator for a very ah, short time. It, I, I loved it. Um, I'll tell you, there's a lot of the same problems that we talk about in government, like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in the education system. But oh, sure. um, bef- before we run out of time, I want to I want to stay personal, um, and I want to know why you ever got into government. Ah, well, you know, it started actually uh, during the ISIS attacks. Uh, you know, including in Paris when I knew a couple of people that died, mm-hmm. um, and I had sold my eleventh company and I wanted to uh, to do something else. And I thought, hey, you know, why do another stupid mobile app or whatever? Let's uh, try to make a difference. I reached out to people, but I wasn't a citizen yet, so it was a non-starter. And then I, I you know, I became a U.S. citizen, and literally within uh, thirty days, I was in the job at DHS um, and uh, doing the the cyber.gov stuff, you know, zero trust and. Uh, assessing all the grid and water stuff and uh, that's where i started to realize wow you know this is much worse than you you i thought it's funny because you know you watch all these tv shows right and you see all this technology and all this stuff is fake you know obviously but you for some reason people believe it you know in fact i, I would probably argue if you ask most people how quickly do we age a, a face of someone or how quickly we take fingerprints of dna they would they would think oh it's just 10 minutes or whatever uh <laughs> it's days right and and, you know, I've seen stuff that really got me worried. In fact, that's when I started to become a prepper here to get a generator for my house and getting water and stuff. I'm like, oh, we can't, we can't survive. It's going to be bad. And I, I didn't care before this, honestly, but <clears throat> I'm pretty good now. I, I could probably go off grid for two years and be fine. But So you um, got into government, which got turned you into a prepper. Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Utah, so I grew up that way. You got you grew up, which is good, right? I, mean, I always lived in big cities, and I guess you never thought about it. You know, I don't know. Um, I never really particularly paid attention to it. Mm-hmm. And I decided to lose power a little bit, and you know, and then you know, you start looking at the cyber state. I'm like, wow, what happens if this happens? You know, and then you you start doing the exercises, and you start to do the the study of how quickly people go nuts. You know, if they lose mm-hmm. power and stuff, and you know, it's concerning. And um, yeah, that's where I became a prepper. And then, you know, DOD came and uh, that was actually even more exciting because honestly, uh, uh, you know, those people, I mean, the sacrifice of these people, right? You, you know, that's why I get frustrated, honestly, by the bureaucrats, the, the civilian side a little bit more because, and the, and the top generals maybe too, because they kind of lost touch with the actual real life of uh of uh war where they you know people right. end up killed for their mistakes and you know you, you have to live with that and um you know i think uh the lack of uh you know accountability and uh, uh the complacency in the building is pretty despicable when you send people to risk their lives you know it's, it's pretty concerning yeah you just touched the heartstring there i mean i grew up a military kid so my dad colonel national guard so yeah. before we and I would love for you to talk about some of the things that you've got going on, because love you or hate you, you say stuff that makes people think, right? Yeah. And you get the conversation going and you tell it like it is. So you've got a couple of things um, going on, like your life, YouTube, your newsletter. Can you talk about them? Really fast. Yeah, we we have a show every Tuesday in any kind of time, and it's fun. We have always new guests. It's always a lot of great, great. I've watched you. Tracy was there. <laughs> we had a lot of fun, um, and you know we keep bringing new people every uh, every week uh, on Tuesday at one p.m. Eastern, and then uh, we just launched Learn with Nick because again, <clears throat> you know, back to education. You know, that's why you know this cool thing has been in my head for a while because honestly, it all it's all interrelated, but. Uh, you know, uh, you look at uh, IT uh, education, it's a disgrace. You know, I, I had universities reach out to me to create a DevSecOps training, but they were like, oh, you know, we're going to charge a fortune, make a bunch of load of money, and you're going to get a big cut. You'll be very happy. But we don't want to update the curriculum every more than every five years. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to put my name on this if you don't, you know, keep up with the pace of relevance. I wanted a year. 
I even proposed three years to try to settle and they didn't budge from the five years. And so I walked away and said, you know what? I'm just going to do my own thing. Is that, so what you do on is that what you do on Learn With Nick? Is you like, yeah, that's what we do. You're training we their sec, sec ops or you do, yeah. do, do you tackle different topics? Yeah. Every week we have a new video this week. Uh, I just finished a recording this morning of the video about, uh, uh, web assembly wasm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so wasm. every week we have a different topic. Uh, sometimes it's very technical. Sometimes it's about culture. Uh, sometimes it's about uh, you know acquisition, contracting, and then uh, more ex exciting. We just released uh, this week the first the metaverse uh, of cloud native metaverse, where we have a whole universe uh, completely free to use. By the way, no cost. Mm -hmm. um, where we have dozens of companies from the cloud native computing foundation and Linux foundation. Uh, promoting their releases, their software, their innovation. Um, we have a whole world where you navigate and go learn. There's different rooms about different topics. This is your metaverse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my metaverse. metaverse. Yeah. It's called the yeah. uh, cloud native uh, cloud native town. Um, and and you know what I love with this is bringing back to people together, particularly with COVID and and you know people being remote. I think it's a real problem, by the way, being remote. It's mm -hmm. Very tough to create a rapport between pe people. Yeah. Completely underestimate, and I think. Uh, they're going to realize pretty quickly you cannot succeed to be completely remote uh, in a bigger organization uh, and keep moving fast, right? I think uh, you get kind of stuck in time and it, it's very difficult, particularly if you have turnover, right? Uh, if you knew mm -hmm. the people, you can get away with it a little bit for a year or whatever, but I think not me being able to meet people over coffee or whatever, right? Uh, so we're trying to bring back this kind of uh, universe. I mean, it's the next best thing you can do. And there's a lot of content, a lot of videos, and people can send us content and we put it there for free and we're creating it. You know, we'll make sure it's not biased for one cloud provider, mm -hmm. one company right. is created. And it's, uh, we also committed to updating the, the curriculum every six months. So it's uh, never going to get too stale. So we can find all this on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, my LinkedIn and the, the, the metaverse is on cloud native dot, dot town. It's a new dot town okay. is a new uh, domain name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, cloud native town is uh, only for uh, desktop laptops. So don't, don't try it on mobile. It's not really is too much compute uh, for mobile yet, <clears throat> but mm -hmm. uh, all the videos on on YouTube. So, you know, you can go watch them uh, every week. There's a new video. It's completely free. So, um, you know, we're trying to really educate people and, and make sure they, they have a, you know, the time to learn. Uh, we used to give an hour a day to our people to learn in my team. Um, first to catch up and then keep up mm -hmm. and people completely underestimate what it takes to keep up with it. So, uh, invest mm -hmm. in yourself is my, uh, my slogan, right? So invest in yes, yourself. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you very much, Nick. This has been a very fun conversation. Very enlightening. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was very fun. Yeah. All right. All right. And listeners, please share and like, and we will talk to you next time on tech transforms. So what? Thanks for joining Tech Transforms, sponsored by Dynatrace. For more Tech Transforms, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. 